Also known as at Endis Corner on Twitter. And Black Girl Squee is the podcast where we celebrate Black Femme Genius, copyright <laughs> Enda Lauren, with a. <laughs> and we're back from a long, unplanned hiatus. Uh, where I handled some personal business and ended uh, kick the flu's ass. So uh, we was busy, but now we back. Um, Black Girl Squee is available on. Um, we're on Twitter, Tumblr. We're on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Uh, please. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help other people find the show. We'd appreciate your help. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want to um, put some fold-in money um, on that support, you want to support us with some some change, you can hit us up at the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash blackgirlsquee. Other ways to contact us, Inda is at Inda's Corner. I'm at Dustdaughter. The podcast is at Black Girl Squee on Twitter. And our email address is blackgirlsquee at gmail.com. Um, of course, all of our episodes are up at blackgirlsquee.simplecast.fm. So, um, for those who may have forgotten, our spoiler policy is that we spoil shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so... We might spoil um, bits of Pose uh, on FX if you haven't seen it already, but um, just the, the, the way to solve that is to go watch it, because it's awesome, and <laughs> uh, then, it, then there won't be any spoilers, but definitely go support Pose. Um, we also squee really loud and cuss a lot. <laughs> And talk about dick. <laughs> Yay, it's going to be fun to do that again. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we're not sorry about it. So with that, let's get on with the show. We're going to start with Squeeworthy News. You want to take the first one? Sure. And our first Squeeworthy News, a familiar name around here because we love her so much, Serena Williams returns to tennis at the French Open. She won her first two magic matches. I almost said magic, but hey, well, she is. Yay. And she played doubles. <laughs> and she played doubles with her sister Venus. Serena said, I'm probably not where I was before I left, but the good news is I feel like I'm definitely going to get there, and I don't want to get there. I want to get beyond there. I don't want to limit myself. That's what I want to look forward to doing. All right, Serena. See, that's why she's the greatest. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, and of course she also uh, turned heads with the um, Wakanda-inspired cat suit because she was wearing the hell out of it. Ah. Yes, she was. But I uh, have to mention that it wasn't just for show. It was a full-length bodysuit to help protect her from blood clots that she's dealt with since um, during her pregnancy and childbirth. And like she also said, I call it like my Wakanda-inspired catsuit. We designed it way before the movie, but still, it kind of reminds me of that. Ahead of her Serena out here just blacking all over. Yes. Yeah. Just over here being black all over the place. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yes. Way I, to go, Serena. I love yeah. that the suit is is fashionable and functional so yes yeah yeah because i'm like i didn't i didn't realize that you know that was why she was wearing it but you know we all know that the horrible ordeal she went through um after she gave birth to her little baby girl alexis uh, jr <laughs> and yeah and I'm, I'm just so glad that she managed to talk to these people and tell them what was wrong with her because that really could have ended her life and, yeah. and that yeah, they I, finally I, I listened. Yeah, I mean, I shudder at that thought. I really do. Because, man, this this is Serena fucking Williams. Okay? This is Serena Williams. And, and at the end of the day, um, she is still a black woman. And yep. um, that's the way they were treating her at the hospital until... Yep. Somebody got some sense. So, to yep. um, to Serena Williams, we give a scream. Okay. Um, still in the sports arena, journalist Jamel Hill has her high school's auditorium named after her. Um, Jamel is an alumna of Detroit's Mum- Mumford High. And um, they decided to name their auditorium after her. She graduated in the class of 1993 and has been a longtime supporter of the high school since then. Um, Jamel said that she's had some of her best memories at Mumford. The school means a lot to me. So... um, In just in February... Uh, Jamel Hill launched a campaign on Twitter that ensured 900 inner-city students in Detroit um, got to see Black Panther. And she also supported uh, the high school's wrestling program, uh, which is the only wrestling team in the Detroit public school system. Wow. So she's uh, been giving back to her alma mater for a while now and they decided to honor her for that of course um, Jamel will return to Detroit in August as the co-chair for the National Association of Black Journalists and she will also be honored as the NABJ Journalist of the Year so it's all coming up uh, Jamel this year that's good so Um, congratulations to Mumford and the new Jamel J. Hill Auditorium. (laughs) (laughs) And of course to Miss Hill we give a scream! 
when the next uh, Square Island and Square Weather news, I am so excited because it is about Gina Torres. She is making history as an Afro-Latina. Um, some of you may know that she is reprising her role as Jessica Pearson from a spinoff of the show Suits, and it will be called Second City. The new show, though, is set in Chicago, and it's going to explore the city's corrupt politics. And the reason she's making history is because she is the first Afro-Latina to lead her own hour-long TV show. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> No, I mean, I was just really afraid this wasn't going to happen for a while, but, you know, we finally got a name for the show. We finally you know, got some more details on it, and um, she's, um, yeah, because, like, the other other TV shows with uh, Latinas in, you know, lead roles, they weren't Afro-Latinas. You had America Ferreira and Ugly Betty, and, of course, Gina Rodriguez and Jane the Virgin, but, um, um, yeah, this is the first time we we're getting an actual Afro Latina, one that actually yeah. claims that they're Afro Latina. I let me yeah. stop. Let me. Yes, let me, I know. I know. Whatever. I know. <laughs> I know. And I'm 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 just really 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 happy to see Jessica Pearson's wardrobe returning. I'm just <laughs> Back happy to, TV. to see Gina Torres return to my TV screen. She yeah, has always been in my heart. Um, <laughs> I, love you. I love you. Um, yes. So, uh, yes, seeing her on my TV screen regularly is, um, yes, worth everything. Yes, enjoy. Yes, just don't, <laughs> just don't schedule the show Sundays at nine because I've already got <laughs> yeah, I mean, a what is... uh, backlog there. Don't yeah, do it. Yeah, claws are both on that. Yeah, at that time. That's so evil. it's like. Mm. <laughs> my timeline has a crisis every week <laughs> every week like it can't mm. so um DVRs are busy these days yes 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 um so Gina 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 welcome back yes. um and to you we give a big the biggest <laughs> oh, alright um there are primaries going on all around the country. Um, uh, Virginia just had their their primaries, and oh lord, I don't even want to go there. But um, I know, right? Um, Virginia, Virginia, all over the place. So, uh, and however, there is better news in Georgia's uh, primary, where Stacey Abrams wins in the gubernatorial race. Uh, I think we we talked about it earlier about several black women who are running for public office um, uh, recently, um, and I think Stacey Abrams was one of um, those black women to watch in politics, and she won her primary against a white woman named Stacey, whose <laughs> platform focused on winning back white rural voters to the Democratic Party. Lord, see, see, that's why you lost. That should be a yep. lesson. That should yep. be a lesson to the whole party. They not listening. They not listening. They are not. Um, Ab Abrams counted on a multiracial group of voters who turned out 
and gave her 76.5% of the vote. So if she wins um, the gubernatorial race, she'll become this country's first black woman governor in 2018. In 2018. First. Yeah. Yeah. We still doing this. And I don't think we've had a black governor in the deep south since, like, about Reconstruction. Who was... Well... Yeah. I, don't, I, I can't even remember the last time we had a black woman governor. A black per, black governor, period. Yeah. Um, Deacons. Where was he governor at? I don't remember. Anyway. Um, and she's also a romance novelist. <laughs> so cute. So, um, so we're voting for her for um, several reasons. Yes. So, um, if you're in the state of Georgia, please get out and vote for Abrams in the um, gubernatorial election and yeah. help make history. Yeah, and I can't wait to find see what see what book she writes after she wins. Yes. <laughs> That's going to be a great romance. Oh, my God. <laughs> Set in the governor's mansion in Alabama. Right, and the press is going to be I mean, governor, I mean, Georgia. Yeah, this yeah. governor's, this govern, the, the press are going to be scouring every line. Okay, what does she mean by this? What is the right. symbolism of this sex scene? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, oh maybe she'll, God. maybe she'll stop. Maybe she'll stop writing sex scenes. I don't. I don't know if she does. I. I need to find some of her uh, work. But yeah. maybe she'll stop once we once she wins. Because she probably knows. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, but it's not like she could be. They'd be half as scandalous as the stuff that y'all's president is doing up in the White House. But. I know. Right? Um. To Stacey Abrams, you give a. Oh, okay. I was actually going to ask, did you want to go ahead and do this next one too? Because I actually haven't watched it yet. Not it, not even a little bit. Oh, okay. No, not yet, not yet. All right, all right. Um, okay. Real quick. Um, oh, I don't. Um, Pose debuted uh, a couple Sundays ago on June third. Um, Pose is a new show on FX Networks, and um, we talked about the show earlier when it was still in development, but the show is set in the 1980s and explores New York ball culture, and it also makes history by being the largest, uh, by being the first show to feature the largest cast of trans actors as series regulars. And many of those people are trans people of color. Yes. Um, mostly, mostly trans women of color. Mm-hmm. So um, the show is produced by Ryan Murphy, um, Brad Falchuk, and um, others. Um, one of the main writers is Stephen Canals, who is a queer um, man of color, and um, 
a couple of the producers are also um, trans women, Jan Janet Mock and Our Lady J. Um, Janet Mock actually wrote, an wrote and directed uh, an episode uh, this season. Oh. And um, so she's very involved. And if you're on Twitter um, on Sunday nights at 9, she'll, she'll be live tweeting the show with everybody and you get little um, nuggets of insight and behind the scenes stuff uh, if you follow her um, so that's been a joy as well actually most of the most of the cast and crew are tweeting live tweeting the show on Sunday so that's another reason yeah. to, to be online and follow the show um, while you're watching please watch the show it's amazing. Um, not only is it groundbreaking, but it's just, it's just a good show. Um, and, and an, in an article on Shondaland.com, Janet Mock says, what Pose does so well, and my intention with the show, is that it allows people who may not know a trans person to now know five that they care about. I love Janet. Um, they now know five that make them really think differently about who they say matters. Aww. Go ahead, girl. Um, yep. So the first season of Pose is eight episodes and airs on Sundays at nine. Um, yeah. Please watch, and if you watch, you know, try to live tweet and you know. Uh, if you can, and just you know, let people know that that you're watching, and uh, yeah, because um, we really want this show to come back and just um, you know go on for for a long time. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll say the reason I've I've hesitated on you know trying to watch it um, right now because it still has Ryan Murphy's name attached to it. I mean, it's always going to have his name attached to it. That's yeah. Good. Probably yeah, help it I'm, got greenlit, but but it's like that's um I still I don't fully trust him, but it's like I trust Janet Mock, and I'm glad to see that it's her and like two other um two other queer trans people who are you know behind the show, and from the what I'm hearing about it, it, it really feels like they do you know they are the ones who have you know the say over it. Mm -hmm. It feels more their show mm -hmm. than his, and so I'm. But probably actually going to wait to binge it, you know, because that's how that's how I do it, you know. Because I'm a, I don't have cable, so <laughs> I wait till everything is like okay. You've got it all, got the whole season, so now I can just you know watch the whole season and you know, do that. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I, like. I'm never going to trust Ryan Murphy, um, not after yeah. he's, like, he'll be really, really all gung-ho about a show and very invested in maybe the first season or two, and then mm -hmm. it seems like he gets really easily distracted, and then the quality of the show goes downhill, so that's why I'm glad there's so many other um, queer people and trans people of color that are involved, so... Yeah. I think that once his, once his interest fades, I don't think the quality of the show will go downhill because these yeah. other people are involved. Um, however, there are 
there are some white people in the show um, that aren't half as interesting as the <laughs> queer and trans people uh, of color that are supposed to be the center of the show and all those white actors get top billing. Um, I know many of the, the trans actresses are having, these are their first roles. Well, some mm-hmm. of them, not for Angelica Ross. And, um, uh, yeah. But, um, so they might not get top billing because this is their first TV role. Um, but, um, but for, but for James Vanderbeek to get top, like, sorry, but all the, all the, all the white people on the show are stale and dry as fuck. And, I have no interest in any of them. Not even oh, wow. in the one. Not even in the one that's um, uh, got a uh, relationship with one of the the uh, trans women. But um, yeah, um, the white people give them an opportunity to make fun of Trump. <laughs> you know, I'm here for that. But other than that, they have. I have no interest in them. Um, because uh, some of the characters actually work for um, work at Trump Tower in New York. So um, you get to talk about um, how narcissistic and megalomaniacal, megalom, whatever, whatever that word yeah. I'm trying to say is. Um, I know you what get, you. You get to talk about how messed up he was back then. <laughs> And how people didn't see it now um, until it was way too late and they voted his ass in office. So it's it's kind of it's kind of an interesting way to go back and um, um, satire or skewer somebody. Um, But um, I really be waiting for those scenes to end so we can get back to uh, uh, to, back, back to the girls. So that's the thing. I'm really, really kind of sick of the whole Trojan horse thing. Yeah, you shouldn't. No. And also, I, I like you want you didn't want to build these, you know, the ones who didn't have many credits, you know, acting because I'm like Zach Braff got an entire show because they wanted to make it. They wanted to like, OK, what if we got this guy who had no experience leading the show and, you know, made him the lead of a show? And I'm like. Uh, there's no excuse. There's really no excuse. Scrubs was on the air for how long? And never. Mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after all of the shows that Shonda has um, um, gotten through, you know, she stopped doing the Trojan horse thing after Grey's Anatomy, and she's like, "Fuck it, we're just gonna have black women leads, and y'all are just gonna deal." And they ended up, like, after Scandal and after How to Get Away with the Murder, I thought you would think we'd be done with it. You would think after Black Panther, we would be done with it. You would think after Girls Trip, we would be done with it. People, Hollywood still doesn't trust um, non-white leads to to carry a show. (sighs) Anyway. Oh, I know. We're gonna try to we're gonna get us one shot though. We're gonna get us button. I'm I, I'm definitely watching because um, the first two episodes have been 
have been great and uh, it's just beautiful to see all of these queer people and trans people on my screen yep um so to janet mock and to the cast of pose we give it a big And uh, before we end Squeeworthy News, I just wanted to mention really quickly, since you know we all need something to squee about, both Queen Sugar and Claws are back for their new seasons. I mean, like, they're in their seasons right now. Claws just um, came back last Sunday. It would be back, yeah, this weekend. And Queen Sugar has been back, I think, three... Yeah, three, three four, four weeks. weeks. Yeah, and so those are those just hold my like happy you know black girl <laughs> black girl magic shows <laughs> and one of course serious drama the other is just really off the wall <laughs> you know crime caper stuff and so hey I just want to shout out to whoever makes Niecy Nash's jumpsuits because <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes you the one yes yeah I think they said the person who does that um who does the costuming that they also do costuming on what was the show the initials were ehc i think um no elementary oh yeah so i mean and both of them get costume like dead on because elementary is back to and i think lucy lou is wearing like a lot of like ties and suits and stuff this season Ooh. So, yeah. Out. Okay. Yeah, you do. Um, oh, her, her wardrobe has always been on point. <laughs> always. She has some of the best looks in that show. Oh. So, yeah, whoever's doing costuming for them, they, yeah. But just also, give them all the awards and all the, all the medals. Also, can we just give a, an award to Nisi Nash for just being. Yeah, for being Nisi Nash? <laughs> oh, my, oh my God. God. Girl, the when she was scene with her, with her and that doctor. Oh yes. I was like, yeah, she Ooh. getting the D, and I am getting my life just watching her <laughs> get the D. Um, <laughs> good God, that woman's fine. Um, yes, she is. <laughs> and Quiet Ann is is back, looking good. And I oh yes, care. I'm still shipping Quiet Ann and Desna. Um, <laughs> I'm, I know it's a rare pair and it may never happen. It probably will never happen. One of them is straight. Um, <laughs> they look good together. Um, and Quiet Ann appreciates all of that. And I just identify with that so much. Uh, Quiet Ann Desna, 2018. Let's go. Um <laughs> Listen, crazier shit happened on this show, so you never crazy, know. crazy. Well, Clay is still alive and on this show, so wilder shit yeah. is always gonna happen on the show. Good God, um, yes, yeah, um, so yes, all of these great <laughs> shows with black women leads are back, and Pose is breaking new ground. And, um, you know, all in time, you know, just in time for Pride and everything. So, yes. What's up? Yeah. What's up? So, 
All right, so after all of that squeeing, we got some fades to pass out. All righty, let me get my popcorn. <laughs> no, you got to get in on some of this too. You got to be handing out some of these fades too. Um, <laughs> first up, why aren't top Democrats acknowledging the black women running for office? Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, there was an article in The Atlantic, um, or at least on theatlantic.com, about um, black women uh, political candidates not receiving any support or even acknowledgement from the Democratic Party. Um, Janine Lee Lake ran for a congressional seat in Indiana's 6th District and won her primary without hearing from anybody in Democratic Party leadership. Wow. Wow. Uh, At least five women uh, who have won primaries have not heard from the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. And uh, Ms. Lake said, quote, it's the height of hypocrisy. We bring millions of votes into these campaigns and we're getting no love, end quote. See, this is what I'm talking about. They they want they want us to vote for their bland ass um, candidates that end up um, missing the message. Um, yep. You know, right after they get elected. Hi, Doug Jones. <clears throat> so. Um, it's like it's like they lose the memo right after they get elected after we get them into office um but when we try to run um it's it's crickets um there are um several black women running in heavily republican districts and those those areas aren't on the democrats battlefield list that includes 104 districts that the party is targeting this year. Let me guess. There's the that that battlefield list has nothing but white candidates. I and I guess it's in um, in districts that they feel very confident they can win, as opposed to. Um, heavily Republican districts that they don't feel as great about and probably don't want to use any resources toward helping people win. Um, I wonder if Alabama was on that battlefield list. Anyway, um, there, uh, if you later in the article there were people who ran in other districts and and, and contacted the uh, Democratic Commission, Congressional Campaign Committee for help and never got their call returned. Wow. Um, another uh, congressional candidate uh, named Denise Adams says we've been carrying the water forever now we deliver votes but we don't get the backing of the party and others end quote this is bullshit see it's like 
Democrats, they want to be fucking saviors, you know? They want to be like, oh, we're going to do this, this, and, this. and like, the, all they do is fucking hold up the establishment, the same fucking establishment as always. And when, you know, black people and other people of color, you know, actually start running and having platforms that addresses what we really want to see get done. Yeah. Like you said, crickets. And so this is like, it's like, really, the only difference between, to me, between Republicans and Democrats are how they like to use their people of color. Republicans, yeah, if you notice, they can... Um, that you, you can be a person of color and, you know, actually get, you know, you know, you know, get voted in, get, you know, some type of status, something like that. But it's just because you are upholding, you know, the establishment. Already. They like having their tokens. But it's like Democrats, though, they don't even want the tokens. They just still want us standing behind them, back supporting in, them, pushing them to the front. Back in their bland-ass can- candidates. Which we're not we're not trying to do that, and nope. there's way too many black um, women running right now for any of them to be tokens. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. The democratic the Democratic Party is really they're really looking. At, this is a bad look for them. Very. And. While y'all are chasing these white rural voters and college-going, college-age males and whatever, whatever fairy tale you're chasing, thinking that it'll help you turn red states blue or whatever, um, you're you're doing everything else besides investing on the on the people who brought you to the party or the people that are bringing you votes and you keep doing that you're gonna lose that's that's the thing also too they're they're invested in the same type of whiteness yeah they are just really afraid like if they aren't the ones in charge they're afraid that what's been happening to people of color for centuries is going to start happening to them but the thing is we're not well, for the most part, we're not, we don't think like them. Thank you. If we were, if we were focused on revenge like they think we are, that, yes. that, that might have happened a long time ago. Yep. We just want justice and some peace. We need to be Y'all left the fuck alone lucky. to live our lives. Y'all lucky that's all we want. Because if we really did start burning this shit to the ground. Shit. Man. Whatever. So, Democratic Party, you can catch the fade. I don't yep. care. This is why we was all like, girl, I guess I'm with her. But, you know, we held our noses and voted for yep. it. Because it was the least, it was the lesser of two evils. And, and that's what I said, me voting my conscience was voting for Hillary Clinton even though I did not want to. Exactly. Why couldn't white people do that? Yeah, so why why were they yeah, why were they expecting us to come in and save the day? And then did you see somebody talking about black women did this, you know, for 
you know, in this like election or something like this, we need y'all to come save us again. No, 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 no. Y'all, y'all do the fucking work. Do y'all made this mess? Y'all clean it up. Thank you. Stop spilling milk and expecting other people to wipe it up. The fuck? You you have a vote, and nobody's suppressing your vote or keep trying to keep you from the polls. Thank you. Use it for something good, for a change, instead of just wasting it. My God, I, I mean it's that simple. Yep. And you can't even do that. Anyway, can we get can can white people catch the fade? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> we got enough all y'all. Yeah. Um, okay, so another topic we've talked about before. Um, but we're gonna talk about it again. Um, um I think it either was was it earlier this year? It might have been Yeah, it was no, it was earlier this year okay. because um Sterling Creek Cape Round won was it the Emmy or Golden Globe? Or uh, was it the what he was won. It at the SAG Awards? I forget. It was that yeah, one the of the SAG those... Awards. That's why it was. It, it was. It was. It was something like that, and it was. Yeah, and that was earlier this year. Oh, okay. It was definitely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're only halfway through this year. It feels long. I know, right? Um. So a black woman. Um, uh, pointed out to Sterling K. Brown earlier this year that most of the press corps at these award shows and press events in Hollywood are white. Um, even for shows with um, black casts. Um, hell, even even at um, award shows specifically made for people of color, like the NAACP Image Awards, White press get priority over black press, and they don't even be knowing our culture. Wow. They They don't don't even be knowing our name. Or the shows, or anything about the shows that are up for awards. Oh. I'm tired already. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so, um, uh, the topic, uh, is back in discussion again, um, especially after a report that was posted on Variety about um, most how most um, film critics and TV critics are white men. Um, You know, that stuff that anybody, um, and that if you're a fan of color or if you're somebody of color that's been in the industry you already knew this shit but um hey it's breaking news to somebody right uh however um many um black women who are members of the hollywood press uh entertainment press um are speaking up on twitter about their experiences uh being um um, shut out of interviews with um, other with black actors, ca- um, black casts of movies and TV shows, 
um, for example, um, Jazz, who goes goes by uh, Jasmine Joiner on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's J A Z M I N E underscore J O Y N E R. Um, uh, shared her experience um, uh, when she went to the premiere of Sorry to Bother You in LA last week. Um, oh. She said she arrived super early and uh, she walked into the screening room entrance and the white woman running the show asked was I here to check in for the screening she uh, Jasmine said she was um, and the woman running the screening uh, walked away Uh, she so Jasmine's left waiting to be checked in and the white woman comes back and says, um, uh, Oh, I thought you were here to sign people in and work for the screening. She assumed yes. the black woman was help. the help. Um, she was, after waiting for way too long a time, um, she was finally given permission to sit in the theater where she was one of two black people two to cover a a film with a predominantly black cast again sorry to bother you stars Lakeith Stanfield and Tessa Thompson and Terry Crews and (laughs) y'all the director of it is from the cool Thank you. That man is pretty much one of the closest things you are going to find to an actual anarchist. Yeah, he's, yeah, technically a socialist, but yeah. Yeah, he pro-black everything. Okay? And he is making a film satirizing black people in corporate America. But you don't have any black press to come cover it. Like, Really? I'm I'm sure there I'm sure black there's lots of black press that would love to cover it. They just don't want to be treated like this. Hell, there are lots of black people who just enjoy films who would just like to go to a screening. And you know, black people on social media can work some fucking magic on word of the mouth. Yep. Whether they can paid for it or not. Like, and this was L.A. This was L.A. You can't tell me. Oh, my God. You can't tell me that there are only two black film critics are in in L.A. You're, that would be a fucking lie. Yeah. Yeah. Boots Riley is, is, is he, if he's not from L.A., he's been living in L.A. for the longest time. Yeah, I think he's like. Bay Area, Oakland, around there. So he's in California, you know, not that far away. So yeah, he knows LA. This is just wrong on a whole bunch of levels. Um, there was another account from um a black woman journalist who goes by at eleven eight. That's the word eleven and the number eight on Twitter. Uh, who um was at the Emmy for your consideration uh, red carpet in LA. Wow, this is all mm. happening in LA. 
Wow. This is disturbing. Um, it's the Emmy for your consideration red carpet for the show Atlanta. Um, and she noticed something immediately that all the black media was at the end of the carpet. And she says, by all, I mean literally three of us. Three. Three in LA for Atlanta. For, I about to say for Atlanta. This is a show, whether you watch it or not, whether you're fans of the creators or not, the creator of the show got all, got up on Saturday Night Live and said, I made Atlanta for black people. Um, there should be more than three black, um, black press, uh, agencies covering a show expressly made for black people expressed by the creator of the goddamn show um excuse me so she continues in this great thread um to say who is at the beginning of the carpet entertainment tonight extra variety hollywood reporter you know those types now I'm thinking, hey, Atlanta is black as fuck, and this carpet is short. We're going to get to talk to all the stars, right? <coughs> Wrong. Because do you know what their very white publicists did before the carpet started? They walked up and down that carpet, turning their nose up at every black media outlet. Some not even speaking to black media at all. Their whole ca- the whole cast of Atlanta is white. The four leads of the show. I mean, sorry. For nah, I need to take that. The whole cast of Atlanta is black. The four leads of the show are all black. And I guess three out of four of those cast members have white publicists. Um. So. The publicists would stop and chat with Variety and The Hollywood Reporter, share a few laughs, look up and see my black face, and pretend I didn't exist. It was quite interesting. Um, that's just, that's wild. That's wild to me. Um, I just, yeah, I'm but I'm also glad yeah, that she did call out uh, Donald Glover and Lakeith Stanfield for going along with this because, I mean, it's like if they, you know, turn around and acknowledge, like, oh, I'm so sorry, like, but, you know, my publicist is pulling away, well, maybe you could, like she said, she got to yell out, you know, one thing, you know, to Donald Glover, and he actually did, you know, give her a response, you know, that was all, you know, she could do, but it's like, I mean... I'm not really mad at you for having, like, a white publicist because sometimes they can get you in places that you might not, you know, otherwise, you know, get to be in. But if that white publicist is trying to, you know, turn you away from the very people who made your ass. Yeah. You might want to remind them that they work for you. Yes. Thank you. And this is not a good look. Yeah. 
She did say Brian Tyree Henry's publicist heard us bitching about the disrespect, so he made sure to have his client stop and talk to every single one of us. Yes. Yeah, see, how no, easy was that? Nothing but respect for my um, DWIVP. <laughs> so, um... Like the teddy bear. Um, he's so cute. Oh, gosh, he's so talented. I hope I hope he gets an Emmy. The nomination is. I hope he gets an Emmy yeah. win. Um, yeah. But um, so, this is wild. This is. I'm just. I'm just but, blown no, away. Like you said, this this conversation has been going on for quite some time because you know finally you know you have you know people like Valerie Complex like here is an actual list. <laughs> I have these. This is just people I've met on Twitter, and they are in New York, they're in L.A., they're in Atlanta, they're in Chicago, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Here are some black news outlets, some black film critics, some black TV critics, some black writers. You can contact them anytime. They are here. They are accessible. You know? So, you have no excuses. You have no excuses. Um... I, it it just boggles me that yeah I um I just heard a podcast from um a new vertical a newish vertical um that um is basic it's basically most of the people from Grantland um mm-hmm. after that that went away um went to this new vertical and now they're they're running um, Emmy for your consideration um, events, and they mm-hmm. got to talk to the cast of Atlanta in at length. That vertical is mostly white. Wow. They were they were talking about um, uh, their 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 conversation with the cast of Atlanta in depth, and I'm like, you you just came out of nowhere a couple of years ago um, and just leapfrogged over a bunch of black journalists to get yep. to get to to cover the casts of shows that you don't really have the range to talk about fully like this same vertical that I'm not going to name because they get on my fucking nerves um, uh, you'll be able to find them be easily though but they also do a recap show of Atlanta where they ignore every single racial aspect and discussion of the show which is like half of the show So um, it's just it's just frustrating to see these folks prosper, to see um, the Hollywood Reporter with their whack ass roundtables <laughs> that have one person of color <laughs> surrounded by a whole yep. bunch of white people complaining about how hard it is for them <laughs> to get a project I'm just, done. And I'm just sitting here looking at them the same <laughs> way, Donald Lover and Lynn. Lynn Miranda Manuel looking at that dude who did La La Land. They are both just sitting there looking at him like, really, motherfucker? Like, really? Really? They keep doing this every year. Every year they keep doing this. Like, nobody's pulled your coat and said, 
Yo, this is a bad look. This is not good. You're frustrating yep. a lot of people on the internet with these mm -hmm. with these bullshit roundtables. Yep. Uh, anyway. Um so yeah. So when I see people like people like like that vertical getting getting upfront and personal with the cast of shows like Atlanta. Um, y'all don't even know what questions to ask. Y'all don't have the range, but they won't ever admit it. And they keep getting access because y'all keep getting, giving them access over black media. And, yep. oh gosh, y'all can all catch the fade for this. Yep. Okay. I just don't, I could rant about this all day. This just really gets on my nerves. Um... Yeah, that's just not any excuse. There's not. It's, you, you don't you don't care. It's like it's all it's like all of these newsrooms from the New York Times to the Washington Post to all of these the LA Times, all of these big newspapers that are still surviving somehow with your majority white newsrooms. How? That's why you're printing all these opinion pieces from all these Nazis and white supremacists. So you really are concerned more about their feelings than the well-being of people of color. I just, I really don't think it would be that way if your newsroom, if your board looked more like the world. And you actually listened to these people when they say, you know what? this might not be a good idea because sometimes we will get shouted down. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, how many people don't even have just don't, just don't feel like they have the power to, to speak up in, in any of these meetings? How many people are yep. even invited to these meetings where these decisions are made? And not just having them there for show to say that they were in the room. Yeah, or to take notes or whatever. Yep. When did, did you have them there to actually listen to them? And when you did listen to them, did you act accordingly? Because if not, then... Well, you just don't lip service to them. <sighs> so... I don't know. Do you want to... Do you want to talk about this next one? Okay, so our next catch fade. We actually we actually began talking about this a bit actually two years ago, two and a half years ago, because I thought it was after Prince passed, but we started talking about this after David Bowie passed. Mm -hmm. And this was every time one of your favorite male artists, and in this case, trash-ass black male artists, every time they do something and gets a lot of attention for it, you start calling them genius. Yep. No matter how problematic, no matter just how basic and banal they shit is, you still want to just call them genius because of because you, you like them and you just have this urge to look for black genius in men. Yes. But while you do that, 
you keep ignoring black women artists and who are actually doing progressive, interesting things with their art. So and you can, I'm pretty sure. You can no, go ahead. You can be interesting and progressive without being perverse. And without catering, look. Without catering to whiteness, let's just be. And just saying provocative shit to be saying provocative shit. Yeah. Like you, you can actually have a point, or say something that you mean and really believe. Yes. Yes. Instead of just saying something that'll cause a lot of controversy. Yes. And I'm sure what prompted this, well, around the same time, you had Donald Glover who, um, on the night he hosted Saturday Night Live, he debuted a video called This Is America. And we can, I I, I will be the first, I'll admit I haven't watched it. I haven't watched all of it. I saw, like, clips of it and stuff, and I'm like, you know what? No. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched it either on purpose because I just yeah. don't want to have this conversation. Yeah. Not that one. But, yeah, but also around the same time, or somewhere around in that same time, maybe a little before, a little after, I think it was a little before, Janelle Monet released a whole-ass album with an Afrofuturistic sci-fi concept that is in line with her previous albums with an Afrofuturistic sci-fi concept. And on top of that, puts out an emotion film, an emotion picture based on this album that is all about racial, sexual, gender revolution and, you know, fight and actually fighting, resisting. It is, this is actual resistance. Okay, this is what actual rebellion looks like, this this um, dirty computer emotion picture. Because I, I watched that. I did watch that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of it. And I'm like, and I'm looking at that like, you know what? I see what you did here. And she did this all when she came out as pansexual. 